You're listening to a Mind Cherry podcast. Riding Around is an improvised recap of a sitcom that never existed. Enjoy. I'm Kelly Quinn. And I'm Malin Von Euler Hogan. We met as actors in the hit early 2000s sitcom Riding Around, the first network comedy ever to be filmed entirely on and around a bus. And we're still pretty good friends. And now we're doing the official Riding Around fan podcast. Each week, we'll talk about an episode of the show and bring you interviews, fun facts, and behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were on the bus can tell you. Come ride around with us. Well, hello, Malin. Hi there, Kelly. How are you? Uh, You know what? I gotta say, I'm gonna jump right in. I am ready to throw that divorce party. Listeners of the podcast will remember that last season we had discussed maybe throwing a party to finalize my divorce from my ex-husband, Derek. Right. And at the time, you know, gosh, I was so hesitant about even speaking about him on the podcast, talking about my personal, you know, airing dirty laundry. And now I just think, wow, how hilarious. Well, did something happen? Well, you know, I saw Derek out to dinner with Cassandra, his uh, much younger paramour. Right. I saw them out. I was at Carbone in the West Village. And you know what? Oh. I felt nothing. I felt oh. absolutely nothing. And I thought, okay, mm-hmm. it's time to move on. It is time to move on, Kel. Throw that party and get yeah. on with your life. That's a beautiful place to get to where you're feeling nothing. I'm so thrilled that you're finally in that stage of things. So yes. Been divorced a few times. You know, you never know how long it's going to take you to get to that sort of numbness. Well, I, I wanted to ask you, how long is average for that to take? Well, for me, let's see, the first time was about three months. The next time... Three months? Okay. About a year. That's pretty quick. Next one was a year, though. So so it does vary, Kelly. And then okay. And then after that... Maybe maybe we're looking at five months for the next one. You know, it all depends. Were you checked right. out of the relationship before it actually ended? Because that can help. And, right. you know, and again, this is not, I don't recommend that. I, I really think people should leave relationships the second they're done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's, it's really variable. So how, wait, how many months has it been for you and Derek's split? Now that's a great question. We separated in, in the spring. Right. And, right. you know, I remember speaking with Cody Coleman in an episode last way earlier this year about maybe yeah. planning a sort of divorce party. And then it came up again when we spoke with Katinka Link. Oh, I right, thought maybe yeah. she could help me plan that sort of occasion. So I want to say, you know, it's been solid seven months of feeling like, right. you know, a little sad just working through all of it. And now I feel ready to, yeah, as I said, ready to move on. I'm on Raya. Mm-hmm. He's not on Raya because he couldn't get on Raya. And no, that's couldn't. the meanest thing I'll say. Right. Well, and he doesn't need to because he's he's already sort of paired up with someone, it sounds like. Well, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, but Ma, but even if he were single, he could not be on that exclusive dating app. So you yeah. got that over him, Kel, which is really, really good. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm just finding I do you know, I said I was, I felt nothing when I saw him. Now, uh, obviously, as, as I speak about it, I, I am starting to feel a little bit angry, but that's to be expected. Yeah. And, and nothing can look like a lot of different things. Yes. Oh, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Put it on a pillow. Mm-hmm. Well, just a little update for everybody on our production company. Yes. Oh, let's get away from my life, huh? Yeah, sorry. Sorry for the abrupt Embarrassing disaster. We had gotten in that submission from a man uh, several weeks ago. And and we were discussing whether as a production company that's focused on, you know, the stories of women and girls, whether that was something we would even consider. And I took a look at what he sent in, Kelly, and it's pretty 
dang good. <laughs> so okay, well there we have our answer. So yeah, I think I think we'll be pursuing things uh, with him at least taking a meeting. Yeah, kind of exciting news. We've got a, our first you know, morning story meeting on the books. And with a writer and how exciting is that, you know, to, right. because we ourselves are actors. Malin mm-hmm. has dabbled in writing a little bit, but mm-hmm. just don't know. Yeah. You know, nothing, nothing's made it to screen, but yeah, I've been, been right. typing away. <laughs> so yeah. Excited to start that process and see what comes out of it. I mean, gosh. Yeah. I mean, we're not even a real company yet, but you know, I'm just working off my Gmail. We don't even have a, you know, morningstory.com. Right, but- domain, but isn't that how so much of the business is, you know, it's handshake deals, it's word of mouth. It's, it's very, you know, starting in your garage and building computers. Mm -hmm. So I feel good about this. Yes. Yes. We are the Apple maybe of, of the entertainment industry. Was was that a Microsoft reference? I'm so sorry. And that is why I said just building computers because I also couldn't remember (laughs) which which company it was. Oh, how fun. Um, But either way, it was a genius and they did quite well for themselves. So I think, I think we have a lot to look forward to, including our episode today. I'm really excited that we're back in this recap swing here. It's been really, really fun. So am I. And speaking of writers, you know, the one who came into Morning Story the other day is not the only one that we're going to be speaking to this week because we've got an old friend of ours from the show joining us today to recap season four, episode two, which she wrote. And we'll get into that more in just a second. Please welcome staff writer Paulette Del Rocket. Wow. Thank you so much. So good to see you guys. Amazing to see you too, Paulette. You are looking incredible, like you haven't aged a day. Oh, thank you. It's uh, it's the it's those facials I'm getting. <laughs> are you oh, okay? Yeah. Now talk to me. Where do you go? I've been going occasionally to Mario Badescu on the Upper East Side near my place, but always open to. Are you in New York or LA? Uh, I'm in New York. <gasps> oh, how oh, fun! A couple of city girls. Wow. Yeah, city girls. Um, I go to New New Faces, New Skin. Uh, and they they're famous for doing the the blood the blood infusion facials. Oh no way! Now that scares me. Same. Oh oh, don't be scared. It really it has changed my life, and I, I would recommend. I know I'm not on the screen, but I I still want to look I want to look good. So I've been doing that for the last decade or so. Oh wow. wow, the last decade. Oh my gosh. Preventative skincare is so important, especially for women in the industry. I have to say it, you know, mm-hmm. we are judged so harshly on our looks. And so I true. wish I had known in my twenties, you know, even just stuff like like SPF moisturizer mm-hmm. I wasn't always doing. But right, if I had started right. blood facials in my twenties, can you imagine how amazing I'd look? I mean, I almost can't even think about it. Yeah. You shouldn't. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. To let's think not, about how... Let's not really yeah. go there, maybe. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you. Well, yeah. Paulette, <sighs> we're really excited to catch up with you. And we were just we were just chatting, me and Kelly, before we got on here. When was the last time we've seen each other? Because when oh. did you leave LA? I, I, in my mind, you're still, you were still hanging out in Santa Monica. So... I mean, I left LA right after this season, 2009, actually. Oh, really? No okay. way. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, my, my stint was short yes. and I kind of got right yes. out of there. Right. Right. And w- was the stint short because it was bad or short because you wanted it to be short? Talk to us about right. that. Um, I really dipped my toe into the world of comedy mm-hmm. as a challenge to myself. Um, you mm-hmm. know, my background is more dramatic. Um, yes. and 
Uh, season four was my one kind of moment doing comedy. And uh, to be honest, I was let go. I was not asked back. And oh. I, I got right out of there. I mean, I'm proud of the work that I did, but I, yeah. got, I, got, I left LA and I came right back to New York City. Wow. Paulette, I had no idea that you had been let go, you Me know. Me neither. Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't see you guys after after I left. No, no. I, we thought just like, I guess she wanted to just do a bang up job on this one season and then get out of here when we were talking about it. We had no, no clue. And that is a real bummer. And I'm going to go ahead and say, was that showrunner Riley Spaulding's decision? Is that who, is that who fired you? And had because yes. Riley was new this season. So just for mm-hmm. listeners who don't know, we had Diana Bones, the creator of the show. She show ran the first three seasons. And then here in season mm-hmm. four, we're given this new showrunner who was very different. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have opinions on a lot of the decisions that Riley made. And this sounds like another one that maybe we wouldn't have agreed with. Yeah, Riley right. and I really kind of butted heads, but also... I didn't really get along with most of the the room. I think I, I'm now that I'm looking back on it. Well, you you were not a fan of of joking around. No, and and sometimes those writers' rooms they get really jokey. They were it was bit after bit a bunch of mm. comedy people just doing bits, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get into it. Um, so I think at the end of the season, we really I think all realized that I probably wasn't the right fit for that room. Like if we're gonna joke around. I'm not going to stay. Um, and so right. I think I think it all made sense. Of course I was hurt, but it, it made sense. Yeah. Okay. Didn't like joking around. Wow. It, can I ask what drew you to a comedy room? I mean, what made you think this is going to be a place I, I would like to be? Right. Yeah. How do you get hired on a, on a show in a genre you don't even care for? Well, before this, I worked on a lot of, of dramas ranging from medical, pop, mm-hmm. Uh Um, And I actually, not to get too personal, but I actually uh, dated someone who who worked in in one of those rooms. And basically he said, you couldn't do comedy. We got into a (gasps) a conversation one one Uh dinner and my ex told me, you're not funny. You can't do comedy. And I actually took that as a challenge. Wow. I love that. Infuriating to be told as a woman or girl that y- you can't do something. I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to drop the name of my ex, but it was Aaron Sorkin, and oh, I, boy. I was just he really made me so so angry. And so I decided mm. right there and then I'm going to get staffed on a comedy. Mm-hmm. And I I studied really hard. I watched you know all of Golden Girls, and I know I shouldn't say this, but the Cosby Show. Um, no, no, it was I a mean, classic. It's a it's great a classic. show. Listen, yeah. it was a, it was a great show, and I, I kind of learned the tempos of of comedy, and I, and that's how I kind of got. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I got. That's how I got this this job. I'm realizing now that I think I learned just the cadences, and maybe not. Right. I still don't like the joking part, but yeah. that's how I yeah. ended up. That's how I ended up here. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Aaron Sorkin is no comedic genius himself. I mean, we're talking about someone who cast Sarah Paulson in a lead comedic role in his show, Studio 60. And we've talked about her a lot before, but he's not necessarily someone that I would go to for my comedy advice. Um, so, no, and you really exactly. showed him and, until, I, you, I think until so. you got, you know, like let go from the show. But before that, I would say in your face, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, exactly. 2008. In your face, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's writing, you know, the kinds of 
jokes you're seeing on programs like the West Wing, I mean, I just have to say as a conservative watching them, I'm not laughing at all. They're sort of smug, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sort of ha-has for, uh, for liberals who are watching mm-hmm. the show to f- see their convictions confirmed on a television screen. But there's nothing funny about basically anything that any of the characters are saying. Maybe witty is the, is the furthest is the furthest I would go exactly. towards complimenting his sense of humor. But I mean, uh, no, I'm not taking Aaron Sorkin's advice on comedy. Exactly. Okay. Walking around and talking really fast is right. funny. I, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Right. No. I mean, we had one of the funniest shows on, on TV and everyone was seated on a bus the whole time. So you certainly don't need mm-hmm. to be walking around. That's for sure. Exactly. And I actually really enjoyed that challenge as well is to show him that we can be in one place. Yeah. And we can make we can make people laugh. Yeah. We don't need to be walking around moving locations at all. So so when the show, you know, came out and and was airing, were you and Aaron watching it together? We were just about to break up. Okay. Okay. <gasps> we were just on the precipice. I mean, that year was just really personally a difficult year for me. Right. But which is also what made the joking around so difficult because I was thinking my life is in shambles. <laughs> what right. are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were, you know, sometimes on the phone, lots okay. of fights. Yeah. Not watching together for sure. Oh, shoot. Okay. Because okay. sometimes it's fun for me to picture, you know, a very famous person watching our show. But yeah, I guess it maybe not. Maybe that wasn't happening here. Which is, that's, that's okay. You know, maybe he might have watched it in his own time. Right. And Mullen, who's your favorite famous person to imagine watching our show? Mine is Meryl Streep. Right. Yeah. No, Meryl, she's, she's up there. Um, Mark Ruffalo. I'd love to think about him probably watching our show. That would be nice for me. Yeah. And can you believe I've never met him, Kelly? You know, for all, I I love him so much, but it's never had the chance. Cause you, you guys such a sweetie. Yeah. You spoke at, at some awards show or something and kind of kept in touch and, and I never got to meet him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll have you both over for drinks sometime. Mark is such a, a just a gentleman, a true, yeah. you know, and despite our very different politics, we have managed right. to maintain a friendship all these years. Yeah, right, right. That's pretty special. Paulette, would you imagine someone famous watching work that you've written mm-hmm. airing on the television? Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, is this an insane question to ask? Who do, who do you <laughs> fantasize about loving your, your work? Oh, yeah. I guess he's passed, but Gandhi... Wow. Incredible wow. answer. Oh, Incredible it feels answer. I makes feel like I'm, very shallow yes, in a way. Stupid thing I said. Oh no, no, that's okay. Yeah. Those are those are great people too, but yeah, I, I think I write for hopefully, you know, moving people at the yeah, world stage. You like write that. for yeah. the Gandhis of the world. I mean, and yeah. someone wow. has to do it right. Because as much as I can feel sometimes like, oh, what I do is trivial, it's drop in the bucket, it doesn't actually matter in people's lives materially at the end of the day. A lot of those people do say that it helps them mm-hmm. to watch comedy and to laugh and to have mm-hmm. something to laugh about. Yes. Yeah. And so am I doing mutual aid? No. Am I helping out in my communities? Not, no, not really. But, you know, what I am doing, I'm making people laugh. Right. And I, I that's a service. You know, they tell me it's a service. I'm not saying that. They mm-hmm. say it. Mm-hmm. Art is a service. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm always saying. Yeah. Yes. 
And then you were great at reminding our writer's room of that all the time. And I think mm-hmm. this episode, which we'll get into recapping in a bit here, I think I think there's some elements of that here. And who you can tell us how much the writer's room fought you on making this into a, a sort of powerful episode. But um, mm-hmm. Kelly, do you want to go ahead and read the synopsis of this episode? We'll get into it. Tom and Lily start a clandestine relationship, but hiding it from the other writers proves challenging. Meanwhile, Marcia starts her campaign for town librarian. So yeah, we've got an episode with a story of love, clandestine love. We've got mm-hmm. a story, a B story about local politics with, with my character, Marcia, running for town librarian. And uh, I don't know that there's a lot to work with. And I, yes. maybe some of this sounds a little bit silly, but your approach to it was anything but. Can you talk to us, mm-hmm. you know, when you guys were breaking the story, who, who thought of town librarian for my character, for example, because is that even a real thing you'd run for? Right. No, no, that's not. And that's why I fought that so hard. Again, in the room, I was like, there, that's not a role. Um, so we had a huge fight about that. Right. Right. Um, okay. But Riley kept pushing that that's part of the that's the, the format comedy. of a fun comedy sitcom. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, this isn't grounded. Of course, I was trumped on that part. Because right. uh, mm-hmm. I'm not, not in charge. But I said, politics, that's something I can grasp onto. That's something real. And I think that's something yes. worth writing about. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, it didn't matter what you were running for. It was that you were running. Um, that is so true. And that's yeah, my character really every season is running for something different. So yeah, it's, it's really just a position of the season. Who cares? The point mm-hmm. is to see me do a bad job. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I understand it was really hard for you to write characters that were just bad at things. You were really into coming up with a, a reason for it. And I know we had a chat, I guess it probably was in this episode, but you you wanted me to maybe have some private literacy problems that I was hiding from everyone. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if it came out on, you know, on screen, but that was, I was thinking it. I want you to know, I was taking that very seriously that I really wanted to be town librarian because maybe I'm having some trouble reading myself. And, and that, that's a depth that I, I wasn't always able to do on this show. So I appreciate that. Oh, that's, that's so great to hear that, that our conversation helped with your performance. Yeah. Um, I wanted it to be really like tied to your childhood trauma, right. the character's childhood trauma. Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. And really get into like the com- complexities of your home life. Right. Uh, once again, that became a huge fight in the writer's room, I was told that oh. doesn't matter. Oh, what a shame. Um, and just focus on this part of the story, which is the, the fun part of running right. for that role. And I was like, you know, what is driving this character though? What is the want, what is the history of, of this, of this character? And anyways, that it became a whole screaming match. Um, quite, mm. yeah, quite dark in the writer's room for, for a couple days there. But, um, I'm glad that at least our conversation was able to help. Yeah, oh, with it your performance. stuck with me in a big way. So, how many screaming matches per week do you think you were averaging during this season? That's a great question. Six. <laughs> oh, okay. So one of the days we're getting we're getting two. Yeah. Before and after lunch. Okay, and <sighs> wow. Any do any of them stand out as as particularly memorable or or about you know, we always love to hear stuff about our characters. Um, right, right, right. Were you ever really going going to bat for my character, and maybe that would have gotten you in trouble? Or, yeah, I 
was, well, specifically the one that really sticks out is when we were talking about this, this Tom and Lily relationship. Oh, yeah. I wanted there to be a pregnancy and an abortion storyline as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I was, I was pushing that. I Mm -hmm. really thought that that was something that hadn't been done on, on a sitcom in a, in a, in a manner that really was both right. fun, but also deep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. Not enough fun abortion no, stories. Exactly. Exactly. Like, let's have that conversation on a sitcom, yeah. on a bus. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's time. It's 2008, 2009. We can do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that specific fight, it became a little, it became physical. Um, oh, and really? yeah, we had to, we had to go to our cool, cool down corners, um, and just like take a second to cool down, wow. come back together after that. Um, but I was really, that was something that I think represents my morals and who I am as a writer mm-hmm. and my, yeah. and my voice. Mm-hmm. And I felt that I was being stepped on as a woman. Mm-hmm. Cause, and let's say it, there weren't a ton of women in that writer's room throughout no. the duration of the show. I, you were maybe one of two on this season and I don't know if she had any easier a time to be honest I wish you guys could have been there to support me you know oh my gosh we were dying to get into that writer's room let me tell you Paulette because we had a lot of ideas we did and Mm -hmm. and maybe we would have wanted them to be funnier than what what you were going for but really anything to get us on screen I mean Kelly Mm -hmm. how much would you have loved to do well with your politics I don't know the abortion of it all if you would have found that tricky but Listen, I can play anything, and that's well, yeah. I'm an actor, you know. Mm-hmm. So, w- do I personally agree, you know, with safe and legal abortion um, being codified into law? I don't know. It's a conversation we can have off the podcast. But um, could I have played a woman riding the bus on the way to get an abortion? Absolutely, I would have done it. Maybe it was threatening your life, and we already knew that the baby wouldn't born alive and, and, you know, we can make it work for mm-hmm. you that way. Mm-hmm. Right. There's lots of ways to make an abortion storyline work, I think. And, right. and again, I wish they had let you figure that out, Paulette, because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. bet that would have been a pretty powerful episode of television. And, you know, our show went there sometimes, you know, in a previous season, we had an episode about police brutality that kind of got just mm-hmm. glossed over and episodes about immigration. I mean, yeah. they, mm-hmm. they did it, but I do think, you know, abortion is the third rail for a lot of yeah, people. True, true, true. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now I wonder whether Paulette's voice would have helped elevate those into some more, you know, serious television because, uh, you right. know, we got a lot of responses that those were flippant episodes, didn't really take it seriously. And, mm-hmm. and probably cause we're lacking someone like you in that room. Mm-hmm. You know what? I have to say it. There were just too many jokes in those episodes. And that's, and that's why it was, it was seen that way. Yeah. You yeah. think so? I yeah. mean, I can, I can understand definitely looking back. Some of the jokes in those episodes are, they're tough. Those well, are tough. they're silly. They're being really they're silly. So what are you doing these days, Paulette? You're back in New York. Are you on the playwriting scene again because you obviously spent years in these medical cop shows are you you back in that world you doing plays talk to us oh man I am I am writing I'll tell you that okay um I'm writing a lot of plays uh they're not being put up put up on the stage right now but I am kind of in the phase of of 
creating and ideating and trying to get them up there. Yes, totally, totally. And Mm -hmm. look, I mean, not to be all Hollywood about it, but a lot of us, you know, production companies, um, which Kelly and I have, have just started one, as you probably heard us talking mm-hmm, about at mm-hmm, the beginning, mm-hmm. a lot of us are looking for playwright talent and oh, wow. Yeah. And you know, our focus is on women and girls and here I am looking at a women and girl. And <laughs> I wonder <laughs> whether one of your plays, cause you know, sometimes they're, they're well suited for, for screen. So, yeah. right. Especially, you know, if we want to keep it low budget, sort of single location, I think all, all yes. of that, mm-hmm. you know, you could be really well suited to writing or maybe screen, or maybe we get into sort of the Broadway producing game. Cause that's another option <gasps> for us, Kelly. There's some people that do both, you know, you're Scott Rudin. Wow. Oh, now wouldn't that be fun? And to have an excuse to lure you out to New York city right. once in a while, Mullen. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. So, so are you putting them up in, in small theaters just on your own and they're not getting anywhere or that you're still in the writing, writing idea? Yes. Phase? Well, I, I've definitely put up some indie versions. Okay. Um, kind of wherever I can find space. It's so hard in New York to find a space. Oh, to, I bet. Don't I know it. Paula, you'll have to invite me next time, please. I would love to be there. I'll bring my girls if it's appropriate for them. Oh age my appropriate. gosh. Yeah, it's probably not going to be age appropriate, but you should absolutely come by. Um, You know, I put them up. I mean, when I say last minute and wherever, I really mean kind of parks, um, you know, sidewalks, like storefronts that will (gasps) allow me to rent you know, cheaply rent out some space, mm-hmm. kind of, wow. yeah, that's, How it's fun really, is that? very indie. it's avant-garde. very, very indie. Right. Yes. It's very avant-garde. Um, and you know, uh, I'm lucky to be able to be able to do, do my art. It's all because, yeah. um, I married, I married wealthy. So it really, congratulations. Yes. Thank okay. you so much. So things cool. worked out for you after you and yes. Aaron split, you, you did find love again. That's great to hear as someone yes. recently going through And is he outside yeah. the industry? He is. Yeah. Oh, thank God dream. for that. I mean, he's, yeah, well he's done, CEO, of a, CEO of a, a tech company. Oh, incredible. Oh, a CEO. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. So things are going well. Uh, in terms yeah. of, you know, other stuff, but I'm yeah. hoping, I'm hoping to like partner with other creators, just to really get back to my art. Of course. Totally. Of course. Yeah. Now, and I hope this isn't a sore subject, but I did, I read a little review of a play that you put up. Yes. Um, this was, must've been a few years ago, it sounds like, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. um, it, it mentioned that you got very angry at the audience for laughing at some parts. And right. I just wondered if you could talk to us about that. Yeah, I think this is an issue that I also had in the writer's room. I often didn't understand why people were laughing because Mm. I was being very earnest. Um, And then I would hear some chuckles and go, that's not Mm. a part that you're supposed to laugh at. You know, like, you know, when someone's supposed to laugh because of the delivery is usually a little bit more drawn out, a little bit kookier. There's a lot of shoulders Mm -hmm. involved. You know, that's comedy. Um, And so I put up this this small play uh, in a park Mm -hmm. uh, in a park in Brooklyn. And um, it was it was about abortion. I like to write about abortion. Yeah. Well, I'm glad someone is. Yeah. Yes. And at one point. A, a character is in a fight with her her mom, and she talks about, you know, her parents' relationship, mm-hmm. and uh, she trips. And to me, the tripping was 
not funny. Oh, sorry. That's sorry, I'm funny. laughing thinking I'm about so it, but sorry. I guess that's... I'm so sorry, Paulette. Um, yeah, no, it's not that, funny. You know, and that's like a, a physical manifestation of roadblocks. Oh, and then sure. everyone just starts chuckling. Ugh. I was like, not now. This is not it. Right. This is about this character, like, struggling to stand up, struggling to figure out where she's at right now. Um, and so I went out there and I said, no, not now. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and oh I gosh. guess that's what got written up on on the internet. That's what's so hard about reviews. Yeah, that, that it will look. They want to go viral, so they're gonna capitalize right, they're on gonna pick your... the most ridiculous moments they can. Yeah, but listen, I I was sad that I couldn't make it out to Heavy Branches, and I I think you know it's it's again a subject that needs to be discussed, mm-hmm. and I think you're within your rights to tell an audience how you want them to react to your work. I mean, I don't think it's so much to ask that Thank you. people react the way that you obviously want them to. Right. And some people thought that you were part of the performance, which I think, you know, I guess wasn't the case, but would have been pretty cool. You know, this yeah, sort of meta textual right. comment. Yes. We have the director and author coming out to literally comment in real time on how the audience mm-hmm. is receiving an abortion story. I mean, that that's something. Yeah, I thought about, including that in the next kind of draft version of it um, Mm. to just say, why don't I just let myself be a part of this? You know, make, maybe make that kind of change the conversation. Um, Unfortunately, no parks would let us put up that play again after that, that incident. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. um, That play was banned. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's how the business works. It It sure is. Now, have you had the instinct, speaking of, you know, you inserting yourself into the show, have you had the instinct to get into any acting at all since um, getting back to New York? Is that something that appeals to you? Oh, yes. I mean, I, of course, as any writer, you, you think, what, what would, what would this look like if I were, if I were in this? Right, right. Um, I actually, oh gosh, this is so, this is so embarrassing. No, I say it. No. I took an, I took an improvisational comedy class when I came back to New York. <gasps> Paulette. How fun. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's I'm so like... embarrassing to do it after writing on a comedy show. Oh, gosh. No, your classmates must have been so thrilled, right? But were they being jokey, though? I mean, how did you, did you like it? it I hated it. <laughs> it was horrible. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I thought I would prove the writer's room wrong by right. doing a comedy class afterwards to prove that I'm funny. My life tends to be a series of proving someone wrong. Um, You know, I I thought that doing kooky voices, that's not, that's nothing. Right. We have such a short time on earth. Yeah. Improv, (laughs) at least the improv that I've seen. It's, yeah. So much kooky voices. Right. Weird body movements. And I was like, that's not for me. Yeah. And I'll say some of the best improv I've ever seen is actually people talking in a really normal voice. So I'm surprised actually that people didn't react better to maybe what you were doing, because that's some of my favorite stuff. Oh, really? Well, that's not that those are not the notes that I got from my from my teacher. Well, I guess to be fair, it's usually you're talking in a normal voice in a pretty unusual situation. So maybe that's the right. Right. You're the president, but you're also in a submarine, that kind of thing. Oh, well, but that would never happen. You know, and well, that's where I struggled right, logically. Right. Yeah, like, that's that not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Kelly, I don't know how we would be ever seeing that. 
Right. Well, I'm just saying, you know, this is the kind of thing that I I understand improv to be about. Oh, okay. Um, but oh, no, okay. you're right. It does sound ridiculous. Even saying it, I'm like, wow, how stupid. And I bet you those improvisers would be doing a freaking Obama impression or a Trump impression, even oh, if they were oh, tasked at playing the president. So oh, we can just imagine how, how awful that would be. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Trust me. I saw that. And after that, I said, you know what? Maybe acting isn't for me. I'll just marry a CEO. Perfect. And and yeah. it sounds like he's really supportive and, and there's no proving you need to do to anyone anymore, which is a really lovely place to be in. I can't it's say perfect. that I'm totally there. I, I think I have a little bit to prove coming off of this show and not working much since, you know, a yeah, little bit in a spot same. of wanting to people to know that I still got it. Um, Sorry for the voice. Sorry for the silly voice. Oh, no, no, no. Um, um, you've yeah. been very gracious with us because we might, you know, Kelly and I sometimes can can go for laughs and you've been very gracious and not getting angry with us here today. We're we're grateful for that. Oh, yeah. We well, really are. Um, we're not in the same room, so you, you two are very lucky. <laughs> okay. You've got clenched fists, you know, off camera yes, or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the um, meme of the DW fist from Arthur like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Very My funny, girls love right. Arthur. Sorry. Yeah. I know. Is it, if I bring up a children's television show, is that going to be offensive to you or it's just this, this adult comedy that's a problem? I don't even know what you were talking about. Oh, perfect. Okay, it was just Let's, a bunch perfect. of words. Let's so leave it that I just, way. yeah, yeah. didn't know what the insinuation was. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> Oh, and what a Thank gorgeous goodness. place to leave it, I think, Paulette. This uh-huh. has been so fun. Well, not, you know, it's been so wonderful right. to catch up with you and just wonderful. hear what you're up to. And I got to get to New York and and see one of these plays, should they ever make oh. it up on their feet. Please. And yes. if anything at all is adaptable for television or film, definitely keep us in mind. Hit, oh, hit up our, our email, writingaroundpod at gmail.com and, and we'll check it there. But before we let you go, is there anything you would like to promote? Yeah. Um, there is this one Instagram that pisses me off like no other. <gasps> oh. uh, it's at Jenny Arimoto. Okay. It's only jokes. Oh, really? And yeah. So I want everyone to check it out and block it, block that account. Go there. Okay. So go there. And, Look and at we've it. got a lot of listeners. Block so it. Yeah. yeah. Riding around fam, please head over to at Jenny Arimoto on Instagram, TikTok, everywhere you're saying? Mm-hmm. Everywhere. And go report and block the account. And maybe exactly. leave a comment saying ha 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 in like a sarcastic way or something. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yes. Be very sarcastic. All right. Well, thank you, Paulette. Have a good one. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you also to Kelsey Bailey for our logo and to John Purcell for our theme music and for mixing the show. You can follow us at Riding Around Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And send your thoughts and questions to our email address, ridingaroundpod at gmail.com. Please subscribe, rate us, and review us anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you leave your favorite Riding Around memory in your review, we'll read it in an upcoming show. Come back and join us next week. We'll have another great episode for you that you won't want to miss. See you then. Hack, hack.